Hello friends, welcome to another edition of New Kingdom Realities and I'm your uncle Edosa. And so this afternoon, once again, we shall be looking at Hell versus Wrath part 3. And just before we start, let us have a word of prayer. We shall be praying from Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1, I pray from verse 16. Cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding, being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards world who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly, far above all principality and power and might and dominion in every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which to come. Let us pray. Membro to tote, Membro <laughs> 
Once more, you're welcome to another edition of New Kingdom Realities. I will be looking at the topic hell versus wrath. Hallelujah. And we started by saying that the that biblical that concept that people have believed over the years, in which there is a there is a place fire, there is a place called hellfire, where God threw in um um unbelievers, those that do not believe the gospel, and those that people that have even believed the gospel and they are living in sin, and where God threw them into said it before that that bible that uh, concept is not biblically correct as we have, as we have been seeing look at the fact that in the whole of the Pauline revelation the word hellfire was never mentioned we've also looked at the fact that even in the old testament scriptures from um, genesis to uh, malachi in which the apostle paul this the 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 apostle paul and the other apostles taught from that the word hellfire was also not mentioned that concept that people were thrown into hellfire by god was not mentioned but we'll look at the gospels we'll try to look at the gospels today where most of the places talked about hellfire we'll try to explain them in context we'll try to explain them in context what those places actually meant and um how we can also how we can actually apply them in our today's world and what's because if they are wrongly interpreted then we will not have the truth before us hallelujah because because everything must agree the 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 epistles must agree with the four gospels the four gospels must agree with the old testament scriptures where you just have a particular passage in isolation and will make a doctrine as important and as crucial to the eternal um, destinies of men, will make a will make a doctrine out of that, out of just a particular um, um, part of the Bible, then we might likely fall into error. But when we look at the Bible as a complete set, you understand, is a complete revelation, is a whole revelation. We look at it holistically, then that's where we can inform our decision on how we can go about doctrinal issues. And today we want to look at um we want to look at um hell versus strat verse um, verse three. And um last time we talked about that how that you know that what we actually saw in the Pauline Re- um, revelation was wrath. And also we also looked at the fact that even in the Old Testament scriptures what we actually saw was actually wrath. And that's to tell you that the apostles also taught from the Old Testament scriptures. We even looked at Jesus that Jesus Christ even mentioned wrath. Jesus Christ even taught the concept of wrath in some certain instances in the four Gospels. 
happy today we want to look at we want to kind of now narrow in in the, in the four gospels in the epistles and even the old testament the term hell now when we talk about the term hell the term hell is actually most of the time is used in the new testament when i mean new Testament, i'm talking about from matthew to revelation is used in the new testament as the word hades as the word hades or Jehenna or Tartarus. In fact, it is used mostly as Jehenna about 10 to 11 times, then followed by Hades, then is now used as Tartarus just one time. And that can be seen in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 4. We'll look at all of this. But then, when we, so we look at the fact that when you say hell, when you say hell, it is it is being it is being interpreted, it's been um, um how I put it now, it's been transcribed into three forms. There are three forms. One is either you are talking about Jehenna, which is also known as hell of fire, which is also being interpreted as hell of fire. We'll talk about what all of that, what it all means. Hallelujah. Then when you also talk about hell, it can also mean Hades, which is what the abode of the dead, the realm of the dead meaning that where dead people go to. And that same Hades can also mean, actually, in the Old Testament scriptures, Sheol, Sheol. In the Old Testament, it is mean in, in the Hebrew, it is interpreted as it is interpreted as Sheol, also the realm of the dead, the abode of the dead. The, um, it's the, the, so Sheol is the Old Testament designation of the abode of the dead why in the new testament in greek it is being interpreted as hades very very important also it is important to note that sheol in the old testament can also be interpreted as grave so what it simply means is that can also be interpreted as grave what it simply means is that in the old testament just before the resurrection of our lord jesus christ that everyone that died they all went to sheol Vis-a-vis, -vis, they all went to hell. He did. Let's look at a statement made by Jesus that will help us in this, our analogy. And that is John 3. And that is John 3. I'll read from, I'll read from John 3 from verse 12. He said, If I have told you earthly things, and ye believe not, how shall ye believe if I tell you of earthly things? So in other words, Jesus Christ was in the habit of of using earthly things to explain the spiritual. He was in the habit, I repeat, this is a very vital statement. It's going to come up, it's going to come very handy as we progress in this teaching. Jesus Christ was in the habit of using earthly things to interpret heavenly things. And that was because of the nature of the audience. The audience, they were mostly Pharisees, Sadducees, and the likes and their hearts were hardened. So he had to explain, like a professor who wants to teach very, very big things. So another, and a professor that wants to teach children thermodynamics, as the case may be, and he knows that the children, they do really don't understand those terms and all of that by virtue of their growth. They are immature. So in other words, he now has to calm down and begin to use things that they can readily relate to, to explain what he means to them and so jesus christ in more than often often use those things sometimes we even see jesus christ using parables to explain to buttress his point to drive home his point he will explain then he will teach in parable to drive home his point what it meant and many times 
they often got the message and so so we can see in john 3 chapter let's say john 3 chapter 8 for example he said the wind blew where it listed and thou hears the sound thereof but canst not tell where it's coming and whither it goeth so is everyone born that is born of the spirit so he described one that is born of the spirit as described as someone that is like a wind Hallelujah. It describes it like someone that is like a wind. It doesn't mean that the person is a wind. It describes as someone that the wind, that aspect of a wind that you cannot describe where it's coming from, where it's going to. It describes as someone that is being born of the Spirit. Hallelujah. So let's just narrow on on verse 13 now. He said, And no man had ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. Made a very profound statement. He said, No man, Jesus Christ was speaking in this day that come now, he's in his ministry, is talking to 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 Nicodemus at this point in time. He said, No man had ascended up to heaven, but he that came from down from heaven, even the son of man which is in heaven. So what he was trying to let him go, he said, Look, nobody has ascended to heaven. All men before me, behold went. He did or showed. They all went to the grave. They all went to the grave. No one. It was only him that came down from heaven. Now it's even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. So he was talking on it, and he said he's in heaven. So he had. It was this. There was this. He, he knew that he was spiritual. Albeit there was an interface with the earthly world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it's a very vital statement. He said, No man, hallelujah, had ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. So that's features the fact that everybody before the dead, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, they all went to Sheol. The whole went to the grave. The whole went to Hades. So let's now look at the some of the Old Testament um, some of the Old Testament um, um, references where the word shield was used. Let's see in Genesis chapter thirty-seven. Genesis chapter thirty-seven. Genesis chapter thirty-seven. Just got a few places. Genesis chapter thirty-seven. I'll read from verse thirty-five. He said, "And all his sons and all his daughters." rose up to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted, and he said, For I will go down into the grave unto my son, mourning, thus his father wept for him. So that word grave in the Old Testament Hebrew is interpreted as what Sheol can also be interpreted as what he did. It simply means the realm of the dead, the grave. Hallelujah. Let's look at another part again. Let's look at um first Kings chapter two verse nine. First Kings chapter two verse nine. First Kings chapter two, I'll read from verse nine. First Kings chapter two, verse nine. He said, "Now therefore, hold him not guiltless, for thou art a wise man, and knowest what thou oughtest to do unto him. But his hair head bring down, bring that down to the grave with blood. So bring down down to the grave, bring down down to Sheol, bring down down to the realm of the dead, to the abode of the dead." So that was what they meant by what should hell. Let's look at where hell was actually used. Now let's look at Psalms verse 18, verse 5. Psalms 18, verse 5. Psalms 18, verse 5. Psalms 18, verse 5. He said, The sorrows of hell 
compassed me about. The snares of death prevented me. So did that word hell is interpreted as what shoes just simply means the abode of the dead. Shoes of hell, the dead simply means you see it was just and the next part also explained for that the snares of death prevented me. Snares of death. So it was just a way of saying you're talking about death, hell, grave, you know, and all of that. So let's look at Proverbs one, Proverbs one twelve. Proverbs 1 12. So we can go on and on and on. There are many. Proverbs 1 12. Proverbs 1 12. Proverbs 1 12. He said, Let us swallow them alive, up alive, as the grave, and whole as those that go down into the pit. Once again, the grave show the abode of the dead. So the point I'm trying to make is that when you see hell, that the term hell, as Hades in the New Testament, is the equivalent as Sheol or grave in the Old Testament, which means also the abode of the dead. And this was where dead people, they all went to. Their departed spirit, every one of them went there. Hallelujah. They all went there. So there was not a place like hellfire that was burning with fire and brimstone that all these people all went to. Hallelujah. There was not a place that was described like that in the Old Testament scriptures. It was not, there was no place described like that. You read from Genesis to Malachi, no place was described that they were in a place and the place was burning with fire and all that. There was not a place that was described like that. We've looked at David. We looked at David, even in his, you know, David was highly inspired by God. Nothing like that. He always talked about how that the death was just the hell, the pit, the snares of death, and all of that. We looked at that. So now, let us now look at the New Testament. When I mean the New Testament, I'm talking about from Matthew to Revelation, how the word hell was used. And let us try to explain, because very, very important, because that is where... I believe that the, the 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 confusion started from long ago. It was mixed up along the line, and everybody just picked it up from there. First and foremost, we must understand, as I have said before, that the term hell in the New Testament is actually can be interpreted in three forms. Hallelujah! Can be interpreted in three forms. Hallelujah! Can be interpreted as Gehenna. We'll see references for that. Can be interpreted as Hades can be interpreted as what? As Tartarus. So when you go into the New Testament, Matthew to Revelation, when you just see hell, it's not all hell that is Jehenna, it's not all hell that is Hades, and it's not all hell, obviously, that is Tartarus, because Tartarus is just um, it's just one place, which is Second Peter chapter 2 from verse 4. We'll look at all of that. So let us start with Jehenna. Jehenna. When, when, when you see hell, it's being interpreted as it is being when you see Jehenna that is interpreted as hell. Let's see where we can see the references and we can see how we can explain all of that. Let's look at Matthew chapter 5 because that's where the work and I believe that that's where the confusion actually started from. Matthew chapter 5, I'll read from verse 22. Hallelujah. I read from verse 21. Say, Ye have heard that it was said by them of old, Thou shalt not kill. And whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry 
with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother Raka shall be in danger of the council. But whosoever shall be shall say thou fool shall be in danger of hell fire. As the Matthew was being introduced, Jesus Christ used the term hell fire. Hallelujah. Just stay with me. Just stay with me. We're going to explain it. Now, when Jesus Christ used the term hellfire, anytime Jesus Christ used the term hellfire, the disciples understood what he meant. The Pharisees that were around him understood what he meant. The multitudes that were surrounding him understood what he meant. How big? It was just we that did not understood what he meant. Hallelujah. But I'm here to explain it further that it's very, very easy. Hallelujah. That term hell, fire, that term hell is actually Gehenna. Hallelujah. Gehenna. That is not Hades, the realm of the dead. That is not Hades, the realm of the dead. Now, Gehenna actually means hell of fire. It means hell of fire. Now, what is Gehenna? Gehenna, hell of fire. It was originally the valley of Hinnom, south of Jerusalem, where the fields and dead animals of the city were cast onto and burnt. So, Gehenna, when we talk about Gehenna, when Jesus Christ used the term Gehenna, he was not talking about an arbitrary space. He referred to a specific location that was located outside Jerusalem. It was a specific place. It was a valley. It was actually described as the Valley of Hinnom. Hallelujah. And we'll see that it was first mentioned it was first mentioned in Joshua 15.8. Let's look at that. Joshua 15.8 Yes, Joshua 15, 8. He said, And the border went up by the valley of the son of Hinnom unto the south side of the Jebusite. The same is Jerusalem. And the border went up to the top of the mountain that lieth where the valley of Hinnom westward, which is the end of the valley of the giants northward. So that was the first time, the law of first mention, where it was first mentioned, that there was a place like this. It was a specific place. And this place was referred to as the valley of the son of Hinnom unto the south side of Jerusalem. And what and what was the origin of this place? The origin was this place. It was said, it was first it was originally referred to as a garbage dump in a deep narrow valley outside the walls of Jerusalem. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It said it was also it was also referred to as uh, a place where where um, where fires were kept burning to consume the refuse and keep down the stench. Hallelujah. It's also said that it's also said that it was a location where bodies of executed criminals, wicked individuals, or individuals denied proper burial were burnt, were dumped. So, but the origin actually started from the place where um, the, the origin actually started um, during the late first temple period. It was the site of the Tophet, where some of the kings of Judah had such children of the children, their children by fire. Let's look at Jeremiah chapter 7. Let's look at Jeremiah chapter 7. Jeremiah chapter 7. 
Jeremiah chapter 7 verse 31. I read from verse 13. He said, For the children of Judah have done evil in my sight, saith the Lord. They have set the abominations in the house which is called by my name to pollute it, and they have built the high places of Tophet, which is in the valley of the son of Hinnom, to burn their sons and their daughters in the fire which I commanded them not, neither came it into my heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the 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 historic uh, the historic origin of of a, of a, of a Jehenna was that it was the place that initially the, the children of Israel they committed boredom and idolatry, in that they created a place in that valley of the son of a, of the son of a Hinnom, and they used that place to pass their children through fire. To be sacrificed to other gods and god as we have seen rightly in here said that it did not sanction this it did not sanction this neither did it command them to do so neither did it come into his heart at all it did not even come into his heart for them to do so so if god did not com command the children of israel in those days to pass their children through fire, where did we get our own thoughts and our own imaginations that God will pass his children, let me not say his children now, will pass humans, not just humans now, even his own children that are called by his name to pass them through a particular kind of fire. That is, that is wrong. It is not scripturally correct. Hallelujah! It's not scripturally correct. So that was what was that was what was happening that day. Let's look at verse thirty-two. He said, "Therefore, behold, the days come, see the Lord, that it shall be no more be called Tophet, nor the value of the son of Hinnom, but the value of slaughter, for they shall bury in Tophet till there be no place." Hallelujah! So we see there. Hallelujah! We see there. So the historical origin of the place was that it was where the children of Israel. They passed their children through the fire to sacrifice to a God known as Tophet. Hallelujah. Which God did not command them so. He did not even enter his own heart to even command them. Hallelujah. But this, they did. That was Jehenna. Hallelujah. So the Jehenna, over the years, now, also now, also now, also now transcended to a place where they were continually burning refuse and dump and wicked people People that were sentenced, people that were not, that were wicked, that were that were that were involved with um, uh, uh, that were involved with well, how I put it now, that were involved with um, executed as uh, that were executed criminals. So they threw them in that Jehenna. So it was a physical place. So whenever Jesus Christ used the term that the person shall be in danger of hellfire, simply means that that person is walking. Towards being in a state where he will do something that the court of the day will sentence him to be killed and to be buried and to be thrown into Jehenna, which was what? A place of burning in which the worm died not. Because it was a place of continuous burning. It was a physical place. A place of continuous burning. So that was it. So let's look at that place again. Let's look at that place again. Um, uh, Matthew 5. Matthew 5. 
Matthew 5, I'll read from verse 22. He said, But I say unto you, you can watch the progression, that whosoever is angry with his brother, that means the person is already angry with his brother. Now, when a person is angry towards another, there's every tendency that he's going to do something deleterious to another person. That is what anger produces. Hallelujah. He said, without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. That the person is already is getting close to being judged. Hallelujah. And I said, and whosoever shall say to his brother Raka shall be in danger of the council. Is 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 already is already close to being in danger. And I said, but whosoever shall say, Thou fool, like you insult a person, shall be in danger of effort. That is a progression. The person is getting close to doing something to his fellow individual, to his fellow brother, that will cause the person to be judged and described wicked and to be thrown into the lake, into the into the into into um, into Jehenna, which was a place of torment, a place of fire that will be burning, because that was where wicked individuals, people that were that were not as kind proper barrier, even refuse and dump. They were thrown into. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we'll see it. This is just a particular place. And then and our next in our next um, episode, we'll continue from here. And my time is up. God bless you. So we we'll see that just before I just round up, just so we we'll see that actually Jehenna, when Jesus Christ did Jehenna, it was referring to a physical place that was in the in the valley of Jerusalem. Hallelujah. And my time is up. God bless you.